It's like old-timey radio standing up here. And like no swear words? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, oh. Let it rip. Okay. On this episode of Longest War, the soundtrack of the global war on terror. On Longest War, the podcast of the VBC Post-9-11 Veterans Storytelling Project, we feature the stories and experiences of Pittsburgh's Post-9-11 Veterans. I'm Nick Grimes, Army veteran of Afghanistan and host of the podcast. Today we talk with Army Iraq veteran Jim Yager. All right, ready? Let's do it. All right, so we have the man, the myth, the legend, Jim Yager. Thanks for joining us today. Happy to be here. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. What year did you join? What's your MOS? What branch? So I joined in 2004, uh, the U.S. Army. Uh, I was an infantry guy, uh, 11 Charlie, which is a mortar man, and um, was with the 1st Cav Division. So you joined us at our last event at the Lit Club in Carrick, uh, our last post-9-11 storytelling event, and you were gracious enough to get up and tell a little bit about your story. Yeah, the event was awesome. It's so important that we do take the time to share our stories with each other, uh, with the community around us, so that they can better understand you know, what it is that, that we've done, what we've gone through, what we continue to go through, especially as we start to address this military-civilian divide. Also at the event, you talked a little bit uh, about your work with Team Red, White, and Blue, correct? Yeah. We work to enrich veterans' lives through physical and social activity and connect uh, veterans to the community. And basically what that looks like at the local level um, is that we're getting together on a regular, consistent basis and um, just being active and being social, forming genuine relationships with each other, with the community, and also reestablishing that sense of camaraderie that we so often miss from the military. How long have you guys been doing that for? How long has RDB been around? So the organization is about five years old, a little more than five years old now. So um, fairly young, but very effective. And what do you call your, like the Pittsburgh footprint? Is that a platoon? What is it referred to as? So we are, we are a chapter. Okay. And uh, we have uh, about 190 chapters and or communities. So there's a distinguishing factor between community and chapter. So community is an organizing community working their way up to um, creating a chapter, establishing a chapter. And how many folks do we have in the, in the Pittsburgh area chapter? So our Pittsburgh chapter is now over 1,200 members um, here in the Western PA wow. area. Yeah, it's, it's growing crazy ridiculously fast. Um, but our, our Western PA region actually covers all the way up to near Erie. And, um, you know, basically Pittsburgh, Indiana, um, we're, we got a community forming in um, just south of Erie now. And um, we're just getting after it, man. That's very cool. Are those 1,200 of those all post-9-11 veterans? No. So we are, um, Team RWB is uh, unique in the fact that um, it's an all-inclusive organization. So no, no service necessary to join our organization. Um, community members are welcome to join as well. And um, that's how we sort of work towards connecting veterans to the community by welcoming those community members into our organization. Um, we can begin to form those, uh, you know, those meaningful relationships and, um, you know, connect them to the community in that, in that manner. We're not doing ourselves any favors by um, just segregating ourselves from the communities that we live in, because now we're just kind of you know, commiserating in our own pool of whatever. So, right. um, so it's important that we you know, work towards integrating ourselves into those communities that we live in. And if someone wanted to get involved, where could they go on the web to find more information on that? Yeah, it's an easy sign-up process, um, teamrwb.org. 
and then um, select the Pittsburgh chapter, and they would uh, you know, get some additional information um, within the next uh, 48 hours, and uh, we'll get them out, out and um, being active and being social in the community. Awesome. Music is not about itself. It's about everything else we care about, we think about, we feel. If your favorite song makes you cry, it is because it is literally changing your brain chemistry. Music is powerful and has existed in all cultures throughout history. But why do humans find music so addictive and pleasurable? At its core, music is the combination of audio frequencies and intricate patterns floating through the air and clashing together in your ear. I really don't know what to say. Look, I am actually a person who enjoys to listen to real music. I don't know, rock, pop. You know, look, I'm a metalhead. I like listening to metal music, but I enjoy listening to rock. I enjoy listening to pop. Some of that old school R&B. That shit isn't bad either. Classical, jazz, all of that shit is good music. Well, then his number came up, and he was gone with the draft. He's in the army now, a-blowing reveille. He's the boogie-woogie bugle bar of Company B. They made the Thank you, dear God, for victory in Korea. We're grateful that the battle's won. Some folks are born made to wave the flag. Ooh, they're red, white, and blue. You know, there's some songs out there that specifically are associated with different uh, eras of conflict. You know, documentaries on Vietnam, movies about Vietnam, they all have, you know, there's a handful of songs that always... Uh, I hear Jimi Hendrix all along the Watchtower. It makes me think of, you know, Vietnam era conflict. Um, I hear Rock the Casbah by The Clash. That makes me think of like the Gulf War conflict, right? But there's no real music specifically that's sort of publicly associated with uh, the global war on terror. Today I want to educate our audience a little bit on the music that we listened to while we were both respectively, Jim is a veteran of Iraq and I'm a veteran of Afghanistan. So we want to talk a little bit about uh, some of the music that we would listen to through the various stages of that, those deployments. What year did you go to Iraq, Jim? So I went to Iraq in uh, January 2004, and then I was there for 14 months, so came back in early 2005. So a full calendar year of 04 with a little bit of 05 in there. Minus nine days, yes. Right. <laughs> well, you were at 11 Charlie. 11 Charlie. Uh, you didn't hang a lot of mortars over there. Very few mortars. So you did a lot of uh, foot and mounted patrols, I imagine? Door kicking and capturing the bad guys and digging up cornfields. <laughs> all the fun stuff, right? Yes, all the fun stuff um, that I don't want to do again. Right. <laughs> You're too old to do now, right? Yes. We, we would not have done these things as 30-year-old men. We would only do these things as 18 to 20-year-old men. Right on. How did you take your music with you? 
Did you have an iPod? I mean, so uh, those were the early days of iPods. Yeah, that was the um, the early inceptions of sort of MP3s were just starting to become popular. I actually bought one just before deployment, and um, thinking I was going to take it on deployment with me, but I couldn't figure out how to work it, so I took it back. And uh, <laughs> so I ended up um, taking with me a. Uh, a a good old fashioned discman. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and um, so I had the portable CD player with some headphones, and um, uh, fortunately, I was able to have access to uh, the PX, um, you know, on a fairly regular basis. And so uh, every time we got paid, I was buying like two or three more CDs. And then, you know, obviously, you, there was always that one guy in your platoon who had the CD burner on his yeah. laptop. You know that guy? <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 And so, um, you know, every time somebody bought a new CD, there was like 27 copies made right. for the rest of the platoon. So, um, so yeah, we had uh, a fair selection of uh, music that we wanted to, uh, you know, we could share and pass around or whatever. So are there any songs to in particular that make you, uh, it comes on the radio, makes you think about your deployment? Yeah, so the one that just immediately comes to the top is uh, Drowning Pool. Bodies? When the bodies hit the floor. Right. <laughs> so uh, that's the one that kind of stands out above all else for me. Um, you know, anytime I hear that, it just immediately takes me back to that, uh, that place, that location, uh, you know, those different scenes. You can almost think, start to think about the mission that you are on, or particular, you know, um, whatever. But uh, yeah, that that's the that's the song. Yeah, I feel like that's one of the maybe maybe two songs that, over the 16 years of these conflicts, really has kind of had a life with every deployment. Uh, the other being, obviously, Outcast, Bombs Over Baghdad. I feel like those two songs, Drowning Pool Bodies and Outcast, Bombs Over Baghdad. It didn't matter if you were in Afghanistan in 2009 or Iraq in 2003. Those songs were on someone's playlist mm. uh, in your platoon, probably in your squad. So what other songs did you listen to that really got you pumped up uh, before you'd head out on patrol or whatever? Well, just going back to um, kind of, you know, the, the, you mentioned the two songs uh, at the top. If I had to pick a second one, um, I'd probably say the Toby Keith song, American Soldier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that so, was another one. Yeah, maybe not for uh, those guys in other branches or whatnot, but those are sort of the, you know, the two that come to the top of my mind that were played nonstop, constantly. But um, so, yeah, I mean, America, American Soldier probably wasn't like a let's get pumped up song, but it was always playing, you know, maybe like. Uh, you know, at, in the evening or whatever, or, you know, be after a mission and whatnot. So as far as um, songs getting pumped up to... Well, hold on, uh, let me talk about Toby Keith there for a second, okay. actually. So I'm, this is surprising to many people because I'm from Alabama, so you would imagine that I'm a fan of country music, but I am not. I'm absolutely <laughs> not a fan of country music. But I'll tell you, Toby Keith came out to Afghanistan, and this guy went to every little small cop and fob out there, uh, places that no one else went to on a USO, NWR-type tour. Toby Keith went there, and he played his guitar. Uh, I think it was at, I think it was the Sadabad. Rockets came in in the middle of his little set, so he goes in the bunker and keeps playing for the guys. Uh, so I, I'll tell my hat in the to bunker. Him. Yeah, I, I still I can't get into his music, but I'm a fan of him as a human being. He's a, he's a great dude. Yeah, he, he, made, he made his way to Iraq when I was there as well. I was stuck on motor pool duty that day. <laughs> like we didn't have a mission, but uh, we were working on vehicles or whatnot. And uh, 
But yeah, I can remember, uh, you know, one of the guys in my squad, he was a huge, huge fan. And like, he was like, he was like a little kid in a candy store when he found out that Toby Keith was coming to our base that day. And so, you know, I made sure to kind of, Hey, you know, get out of here, go, go see Toby Keith, you know, yeah. um, you know, go make your dreams come true, get your pants <laughs> wet or whatever. <laughs> so, uh, that was pretty cool for him though. He, he enjoyed it. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah. All right. So we'll jump back into the music, get you pumped up ready to go yeah so um i'm not a big country music fan either uh and i think you and i share you know this the uh kind of a a liking to hip-hop r&b and so you know at that time there was a lot of uh little john playing oh yeah um you know i was listening to uh ludicrous oh was was big at the time yes um some pd pablo yeah, there you go. Yeah, okay, taking little, you back. A little bit of that chameleon air. Yeah. When did you deploy 2009? So I, my first tour was 2006. Okay. Uh, we had 2006 into part of 2007, and then 2009 I went back again. Okay. So yeah, it was a few years later, so the, some of these uh, songs might be not be relevant for you, but um, there was a lot of juvenile being played. Uh, so I am from Alabama. I'll state again. Uh, from Mobile, the, the southernmost point of Alabama, and one of my best friends in my squad uh, I called him West Bank because he was from West Bank, New Orleans, dude okay. Foster. And me and him were like the only guys in the entire company that were big fans of like No Limit soldier hip hop from dirty, dirty Louisiana. Uh, but yeah, that stuff would blast pretty regularly okay. uh, in our, coming out of our tent. Uh, there was a guy in my squad. Um, he was a mimetic actually um, for our whole platoon, but he always rode in my truck. He was, uh, he was from the Bronx. Um, you know, born and raised in the Bronx, like just, he's back there, you know, as soon as he got out of the military, he went back there. But, um, anyway, we always would have this, not argument, but discussion almost regularly about Biggie or Jay-Z. Right. So, you know, it was constant, like, well, Biggie did this better, but Jay-Z did that. Can't tell you how many times we had this discussion. Sure. Over the course of 14 months, uh, you run out of things to talk about pretty quickly and you can have that discussion you know, half a dozen times in, in one week, in honestly. One week, right. And still, and still be no closer to being in agreement by the end as you were when you got there. Yeah. I, I tell people often, you know, the last month of our tour, we had this, uh, this detail that came down. We had to guard a bridge. So we had two Humvees, um, one at each end of the bridge that was about 100 yards long. And it was in the middle of nowhere over the Euphrates River. And... There was nobody around other than people living in a mud hut. And it was the most worthless detail mission that we ever had. We sat on this bridge for 12 hours a day. The same three guys in the Humvee doing nothing, looking right. at sand, watching the water go down through the river and watch the, mud, the people in the mud hut collect <laughs> water from the river. So you can imagine some of the conversations that took place in a 12-hour period stuck... <laughs> In a Humvee with the same three guys sitting there doing nothing. Most of those conversations not suitable for the podcast and our listeners. Not suitable for the <laughs> podcast. I remember I was playing this song. It was, uh, do you remember those compilation albums? It was like Punk Goes Pop or Punk Goes Hip Hop. Yeah. Man, there was this hardcore band called A Day to Remember, and they covered Toxic by Britney Spears. Okay. And I had that playing loud in the tent one day, and this staff sergeant, big dude, Sergeant Myers, the coolest guy, but like he rips the tin open, he comes over, he's like, what is that? And I was like, it's, it's, a, it's a Britney Spears cover by a hardcore band. And I thought I was about to get yelled at, it turned out he's like, that is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's weird uh, 
people caught themselves liking music they didn't think they would like. You, you know, it's, it's situational, right? Like right. Uh, in the States, back home, if Hernandez is playing salsa music super loud, I can just leave, go somewhere else. I don't have to listen to it. But in a tent, I can't escape it. Mm. And you don't want to be that guy that yells at other people about playing their music too loud because you don't want to be the guy that gets yelled at for playing his music too loud. So you just let it go. And you end up catching yourself... You're like, hey, you know what? It's pretty good. Yeah, same bad. I kind of like this song. Yeah. And then not even catch even myself going around. It's like, yeah. Be like, hey man, what, what was the name of that song? He'd be like, oh, what? You like it now? You like it? No, no. no I'm just curious, like for a friend, right? <laughs> just wanted to see. Uh, I think they might like it. I remember um, I actually took a Clark CD with me on deployment. Nice. And uh, yeah, as introducing most of the guys in my platoon to this band called the Clarks from back home. That that CD had a few copies made. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's not just a, a Pittsburgh thing. That uh, there's folks from around the country that were uh, enjoying the Clark's. Yeah, it's cool. From Baghdad. Did you pretty much listen to the same stuff uh, that you were listening to to get you know jazzed up to go out as you did like when you went to the gym? Was it pretty much the same playlist for that? Yeah, it's pretty much you know some upbeat hip hop type songs, some rap songs for sure. That was basically you know what I did listen to most of the time. One of my favorite bands when I was like 18, 19 was this band. They were brand new at the time. They're called Amberlin. And they released, it was their third record while I was in Afghanistan. And so I went on, I don't even know if this exists anymore, but cdbaby.com. And I ordered a copy of the CD, which I don't, I don't think anyone does. I, no one's probably said that in five years. They've ordered a CD online. <laughs> uh, and I had it, and I waited. And I went, dude, I was so excited to have this thing out there, but it takes three weeks to get something shipped to a, a APO address. Right. And I finally got it and I put it in and it was brilliant. That was all I listened to for like two weeks. There was a song Godspeed that was, man, it was a, it was a head bobber for sure. Head bobber. Uh, yeah. But that was one of those ones where people were like, Hey man, you're, uh, you've been playing that a lot. Can you, can you just put something different? I don't care what, just anything different. <laughs> anything with that. I was like, no, I can't do it guys. I'm yeah. still digging this. <laughs> Yeah, we, we uh, I'd say in the gym and stuff, we hear, you know, as I mentioned, Drowning Pool, um, a lot of Papa Roach. Uh, oh, yeah. Incubus. Incubus, yes. Yeah, Perfect Circle, uh, some Shine Down, some Aaron Lewis and Stained. Um, that, that's uh, one of my favorites. Um, so some uh, Chevelle. Yeah. Uh, played a lot of Chevelle. Did you guys get into a lot of, like, Rage Against the Machine over there? I'm not a fan of them, but uh, a lot of guys would get into that. A lot of Metallica being played. Oh, yeah. I'm not really a big fan of Metallica either, but... Um, Situationally, I was. You know, like, I could listen to, like, Fuel in Afghanistan. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. But Fuel back home, nah, nah, I could do without it. Okay. And that's actually... I didn't really like Rage Against the Machine until we deployed. And then I just threw it on a couple of playlists, and, like, Testify would come on. I would just... Man, I would jam out to that. Nice. That would get me so, so pumped up. But I'm, I'm sure that that band, the last thing they wrote that song for was for someone to get jazzed up uh, in a foreign war. <laughs> I don't think that's where they're going with it. But hey, you know, you deal with it. That's right. So, all right, so you go out patrols, you're out for a few days, you're out for a week, you're out for a month, whatever, you come back. What do you listen to to unwind? So um, sticking with the, uh, the hip-hop theme, I would, uh, I would listen to some, something a little, little lighter, uh, maybe not as upbeat, but... Um, I was a uh, still a fan of this day till uh, you know like some like some Usher or uh, Usher yes uh, Usher um, some uh, <laughs> as embarrassing as it can be and uh, not a fan of him personally but I do like his music R Kelly ah uh, <laughs> I thought you were about to say something else man look so there's things that I would not be caught listening to now 
Yeah. But at the time, I was fine with it. Like, my buddy Dome comes in the tent one day. He's like, yo, man, have you heard that new Justin Timberlake? And I'm like, <laughs> no, dude. Like, why? Look at me. Do I look like I am a Justin Timberlake fan? He was like, it's dope. Seriously, it's dope. I was like, all right. Put bring me your CD. <laughs> so he brings it to me and I rip it and I'm listening to it. And I'm like, damn, this is actually pretty dope. Yeah. And so I proudly in Afghanistan, I mean, there were no girls around to notice, right? Like, so yeah, we listen to Justin Timberlake as loud as we want to. You listen to R. Kelly. You can listen as, long, to, as long as you weren't practicing the dance moves. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't like singing sexy back without the music playing, just <laughs> prancing up and down the tent. I wasn't doing any of that. In the shower. But yeah, some of those songs are like, yeah, this is, this is pretty dope. Maybe open my eyes a little bit. Maybe I was a little prejudiced to some things that out of necessity of just running out of stuff to listen to, I gave it a shot and ended up liking it. Yeah, I mean, when you only have, you know, 20 or 30 CDs at your disposal, <laughs> you, you start to give some other stuff a chance, right? Right, and it's a little easier for the guys now, I'd imagine, because... Uh, 140 gig iPod or whatever is, you know, it's like 150 bucks. Yeah. You can load up. They're carrying around their iPhones now and, you know. So much music they can put on there when, I mean, we were pretty limited. My iPod that I took with me was probably like, I don't know, 15 gigs. And I had a couple of videos on there, which was most of it. So like, (laughs) I think at the end, like I could fit a couple hundred songs and that was it. I was stuck with that for a while because I didn't bring the cord out there. And it wasn't, I don't even remember what brand it was. It might've, it was the, not the iPod, the Microsoft did one. The Zune. The Zune. Microsoft Zune. It was a Zune. Okay. And I didn't have the cable to plug it into my laptop. It says no one else had a Zune. Like, I was just, I was stuck with those songs. There's no way for me to transfer new stuff They didn't sell there. it at the PX? Mm-mm. No, the <laughs> PX in Jalalabad was, it was about the size of a broom closet. Uh, uh, and the only thing they ever reliably had stock there was those pickles in a pouch. That was like the only thing you could guarantee to find. And let me tell you, my friend, do not eat a pickle in a pouch that has sat in a Connex in the Afghanistan heat for God knows how long before it gets put on a shelf. Uh, It was, uh, that was about the worst case of wanting to kill myself I've ever had after I ate that thing. It was awful. I can't imagine. So any other specific songs you like to to really unwind to? Like whenever you lay down, put your headphones in, try to go to sleep. Because you know... That's the only way really to fall asleep because everyone else is banging around. Dude's coming in, yeah. going on guard duty, coming off guard duty. Yeah. And no one cares snoring. anyone else is asleep. Yeah, snoring. Oh, my God. No, I, I, I can't think of anything specific. Um, I think I would just you know put something on that's a little lighter than uh, what I listen to most of the day. So, R. Kelly. Just soft like uh, early 2000s, like Casey and JoJo. Yeah, Casey and JoJo. Yeah. Um, it's a little Wayne. Uh, no, he was, I don't think he was out. Was he out in 2004? Oh, man, Lil Wayne was out was when I was in was middle like school. Big. Yeah, that's, that's stuff me and Foster used to listen. We used to go hard at Lil <laughs> Wayne, man. That, yeah, that was before he was, he wasn't the big megastar, but in New Orleans, that dude was the truth. Okay. There's one song, man, like, so we would go out and we'd go on patrols. We would like spend the night at these random fobs and stuff. And most of the time they didn't have beds for us. I mean, occasionally they did, but most of the times not. So we'd end up like sleeping on the hood of the Humvees, the trucks or whatever. Yeah. There was this one song, it's called Blackout, it's band Love Drug. I remember I, used, I would put this song on repeat, and it would put me out. And like after that, that was the 06 deployment. Uh, it's called Blackout by Love Drug. I'd listen to it. I'd get through it maybe like two or three times, and I would, lights wow. out. I didn't really think about it. Uh, probably like four years after that tour, after even my second tour, and it comes on in the car one night. When my, me and my wife like was on a... I had on my iPhone, my iPhone plugged in, it's on shuffle. Mm-hmm. So there's like 1,700 songs that's scrolling through, and I'm driving. 
and this song comes on, and I start to doze behind the wheel, man. Oh, no. And I was like, no, babe, change this song immediately. I love it, but it's I've conditioned myself to sleep to this song. <laughs> so like, I, even today, man, I have to be careful and like only listen to that in the daytime. Wow. Otherwise, it'll put me out. That's crazy. Uh, are there any songs that you didn't want to hear while you were there? Any songs like made you think of a girlfriend, friends, anything back home that you just didn't want to deal with? Yeah, I would say I, mean, I was married at the time uh, of deployment, and so like our uh, a wedding song, which was um, the Kelly Clarkson song, "A Moment Like This." Ah, yes. Yeah, I couldn't listen to that. I still enjoy the songs that I was a fan of during my deployments, but I don't go out of my way to listen to them. What about you? Yeah, it's it's sort of the same. I mean, I wouldn't intentionally put those songs on, but if they come on, then yeah. And I mean, like we said earlier, like. It's it's immediately taking you back to you know that moment that 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 year um, you know where you're at what you were doing sure but if you were at a bar with some buddies that you deployed with and you go up to the jukebox and one of those songs is on there it's coming on immediately right yeah yeah, yeah. I was and there's say. about to be beer bottles thrown and punches thrown <laughs> as well it's about to get wild yeah yeah it would you'd go back and kind of you know enjoy that that time with them and kind of you know reminiscent of. It's funny to say, but the good old days um, during right. deployment, right? You know, you know what I wonder about too is, you know, I'm I'm 31. You're in your 30s. Like, are we still? Are we going to listen to Little John when we're 85 on the oldie station? Yeah, like, is it going to be like, <laughs> oh, classic R&B and hip hop, and it's like Little Wayne unedited, just going hard, or Little John just going crazy? I, I often think about that too. Are like, we going to be in our walkers with our? I don't even know. You won't even have to plug in to whatever contraption we're carrying our music around, but are we going to be in our walkers or wheelchairs just throwing down, getting turnt to Little John? <laughs> Get low! Yeah. <laughs> Some yin-yang twins blasting out of the, the speakers on our wheelchair. Uh, that's, uh, that's crazy to think about, man. Because uh, it's coming. Yeah. We'll, we'll be that age. And I, just, I feel like we're going to have to, right? Because we're still going to have to be ballers. We're gonna have to be ballers just like we were when we were twenty. <laughs> What's well, uh some Snoop Dogg? It's yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. That's crazy to think. Yeah, yeah. Cause I mean the eighty year olds I know now, they listen to music they listened to when they were in their twenties and thirties yeah, still. In their heyday, right? Yeah, my parents the same way. I mean every generation. So I mean I've got it in my heart. I want to believe that, that we will be listening to that stuff. We'll we'll take it back to our, our teenage and our early twenty years uh, when we hit like our, our mid to late nineties. They're gonna have uh, have our own station on uh, Sirius XM. Yeah, and our, <laughs> our great grandkids and grandkids are like, "What is this crap you guys used to listen to?" Nineteen ninety. Just like when I hear like my grandma used to play like Benny Goodman nonstop. I'm like this is garbage. This is trash. <laughs> she said the same thing about my music. Yeah. But hopefully, I know, hopefully we're still ballers like that. That would be awesome. Going hard. Going hard. Going hard <laughs> at ninety. <laughs> Well, Jim, thanks so much for being on today. Really appreciate it. It's good to see you. Great to have you out at the event the other night. And we hope you make it out to the next one. Um, We'll talk a little more about Red, White, and Blue next time. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on today. Thanks for joining us on Longest War, the podcast of VBC's post-9-11 veteran storytelling project. To get a schedule of storytelling events throughout Western Pennsylvania, visit us at veteransbreakfastclub.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on your mobile device. And be sure to join us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. I'm Nick Grimes. See you next time. The Longest War Podcast is a member of the Social Voice Podcast Network, 
a nonprofit project of the Veteran Voices of Pittsburgh Oral History Initiative. weird. I don't know why I paused there. Better? Do it one more time like that? How did you say it again? Okay, like uh, normal and then real creepy. Is that <laughs> On this episode of Longest War, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh, shit. Or I did. I liked it better the first way, I think. I'll just start over on it. I'm going to do it like one line at a time. Yeah, so I'm going to, but I'm going to pause between them just so I don't try to run it all at once. The Longest War podcast. Nah, I did that real weird. Sorry. Is this it? That's it? That's it. All right.